Welcome! This is the CGMI Living Springs Gospel Podcast. Stay tuned as you listen to the Word of God. We'll be looking at the life of a character in the Bible. And that character is Daniel. So we can open our Bible to the book of Daniel, chapter 6. I'll just give us a summary before I'll take us to what happened between Daniel and King. Daniel was one of the presidents or the governor then in Babylon. Though Daniel was a captive in Babylon. Praise the Lord. Daniel was a very, I can say, wise, intelligent. Daniel was a captive in the land. And so other presidents were actually envious of him. That why should it be that he's a captive that the king will actually take delight in? Well, Daniel was a faithful servant of God, we can see Daniel to be someone that has consecrated himself, devoted himself to the things of the, of the Lord. So I think Daniel is a very good case study for us to actually understand and know that as believers, God wants us to live a set-apart life. Praise the Lord. If you look at Romans 12, 2, Romans 12, 2 says that we should do what? We should not be conformed to the things of the world. But we should be transformed by what? Renewing of our mind. So I want to tell us this morning that the day we give our life to Jesus Christ, the transformation process starts. And for you to be transformed, you have to have a change of mindset. You have to live to the identity that God has given us. Praise the Lord. Let's go to the book of Daniel. I'll take it from verse 18. So we can open our Bible, multimedia, you can help us. Let's look at what happened between Daniel and the king. Daniel 6. I'll take it from verse 18 to 22. If you are there, praise the Lord. Then the king went to his palace and passed the night fasting. Neither were instruments of music brought before him and his sleep went from him. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste into the den of lion. And when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel. And the king spake and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God whom thou servest continually able to deliver thee from the lions? Then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. My God hath sent his angel and I shut the lion's mouth, and they have not hurt me. For as much as before him, innocency was found in me. And also before the O king, have I done no hurt. Praise the Lord. I would like to add to the brief summary that I gave what actually happened. So there was a decree that was passed. And this decree was more or less like a plot. And what happened? We can take our time when we are in the comfort of our home, to actually digest the chap- that chapter 6 so that we can understand what Daniel actually went through. So there was a decree that was passed that for the next 30 days, nobody would be allowed to call upon any other god apart from the king. But this plot was actually orchestrated by the other governors in the land of Babylon. Without the consent of Daniel did not was definitely will not be a party to that. Praise the Lord. And the king actually felt flattered and, oh, everybody will have to worship 
me. And that particular decree was irrevocable. So they set up Daniel. And when Daniel was caught praying, and I want us to take note of something there in the, in the verse 20. The king said, Whom thou servant of the living God. So the king actually realizes that Daniel is a servant of the living God. And he said, Your God, whom thou servest, what? Continually. Continually. That's a very big word there. What do you do continually that is known or unknown to people? Daniel, as an example, as a character in the Bible, lived an extraordinary life, lived a consecrated life, lived a set-apart life. And the king can say that he served God continually. As believers today, can people around us actually say that we are serving God continually? What are those things? I don't stay with you. I don't live with you. I may not be able to see you every day. But you cannot deceive yourself. But what are those things? What are the customs? There is a particular verse in that same chapter that I loved. That Daniel actually has made it a custom to always pray three times every day. I'm not saying that there's a number to a period of time that we can pray every day. Because the Bible says that we should pray without seasoning. Isn't it? But there are things, there are customs, there are habits that Daniel has actually inculcated, that Daniel has cultivated over a period of time, that actually put him in a place where he is. Praise the Lord. Living a consecrated life, living a a set-apart life, is not an anyhow life. Praise the Lord. So this morning, I want to tell us that whatever you do on a daily basis, will determine who you are, will determine what becomes of you. So you cannot say, I'm a believer, and you don't live as a believer. And you don't do things that people can actually attest and say, oh, this is truly a child of God. My prayer is that God will set you free from every negative habit, from every bad customs that we may be doing today in the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. I will move on. We talked about habits. And for some people, they may not really see it as habits. But the things that we do, our behavior, and habit is such a way that when you have cultivated, we have an habit, something that you do continuously, unconsciously, it becomes very difficult to stop. So there are things that even as we grow up, maybe for some of us that we happen to be born into a Christian home, there are customs that we do that up till now, maybe our parents, they are still doing it. For example, there are some people when they wake up in the morning, the first thing is, thank you, Jesus. This has become an habit that nobody can take away from you for over a period because you are now used to it. It has become your lifestyle. Living a set-apart life can become our lifestyle. We should not be a seasonal believer. We should not be a seasonal Christian. It should be something that is our lifestyle, that is part of us, that is in us. Praise the Lord. Let's open our Bible to the book of 1 Timothy 4, verse 8. Let's look at what the Bible is saying there. I know some of us are with our Bible, some of us are with our devices, and multimedia can help us. Thank you. So the Bible says, For bodily exercise profited little, but godliness is what? Profitable unto all things 
having promise of the life that now is and of and of that which is to come. Praise the Lord. So if there are things, if there are habits that we display, attitude, behaviors as believers, that we have, there are some that are not of any spiritual benefit, and we are looking for ways to actually do away with these habits. The Bible is telling, telling us that bodily exercise does what profited little. I'm not saying that you cannot work on those things. But the universal solution to living a holy life, to living a set-apart life, is what? Is what? Is what? Godliness. The Bible says that God, godliness is what? Profitable unto all things. Hallelujah. So you want to live a set-apart life, you have to be godly. It takes the power of God to break some habits in us. So you know those habits that are actually pulling you back from operating in the realm of the spirit. You know those habits that are pulling you back for living the life that Christ desires. But I've come to tell you this morning that the power of God can help you break those habits in Jesus' name. The spirit is the agency by which man can gain access to God. The Bible says in the book of John 4.24 that what? That God is spirit and they that must worship him must worship him in what? In spirit and in truth. God operates in the realm of the spirit. So we have to put an end to the activities of the flesh. This morning I'll be sharing with us five principles you can call it habits because we are asking the question and we are preferring solution on how we can live an extraordinary life. Finding the sacred in the secular. So when I looked, when I read the book of Daniel chapter 6, I was able to establish five key principles that Daniel understood and ran with from a very tender age. And those principles helped him. Those principles enabled us to his performance, the extraordinary life that we are celebrating today. And the first of these principles that I will be sharing with us this morning is personal consecration. Can you tell your neighbor personal consecration? So what do we mean by personal consecration? Personal consecration is a choice. Nobody is going to come and force you. Oh, this is, you have, God has given you that free will to make a choice, to take a decision. Let's open our Bible to the book of 2 Timothy 2. We'll read 20 to 21. Multimedia, you can help us. The Bible says, but in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of, of, also of wood and of head, and some to honor and what? Some to dishonor. Can we continue to 21? If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use, and prepare unto every good work. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. 
from the moment we give our life to Jesus Christ, God wants to use each and every one of us. But we have to make ourselves available. The book of 2 Timothy that we just read is telling us that God wants us to be what? A vessel unto honor. But for you to be a vessel unto honor for God's use, you have to do what? Be sanctified. You have to do what? Set yourself apart. There are people I can lightning when we see other believers, whether in the church of God, we see some people, they have the zeal, they are committed to doing the things of God. And some people tend to say, are they the only one? You don't need to envy. We are not in competition. We all belong to one body. The Bible says that there are different vessels. There are vessels of wood, there are vessels of silver, there are vessels of gold. You have a gift that God has deposited in you. When choir, can we appreciate our choir this morning? Can we just appreciate them? We had an awesome praise and worship session. I cannot sing. I don't need to envy the person that sings. I may not be able to undo protocol as the ushers, but I have gift that God has given me. And God is saying that rather than envy, rather than thinking you are competing in the house of God, Find out what those people are doing. Find out the gospel principle. Find out those spiritual habits they have cultivated over a period of time that is making them to flourish, to blossom in the things of God. And the Bible has it all. And that is why this morning we are looking at the life of Daniel. That what are those principles that Daniel understood at the very early of his life that made him to be a wise person, full of wisdom, People that other people can sort after. And this is the kind of life that God wants us to live as a believer. Praise the Lord. Can we open our Bible to Hebrews 12, 14? And see what the Bible says. Hebrews 12, 14. Hebrews 12, 14 says, Follow peace with all men and holiness. Hallelujah. We kept on saying consecration, set apart, holiness. Without which word, no man shall see what the Lord. Without peace and holiness, no man shall see. And we cannot survive without God. God must always be at the center of our life. One with God is what? A majority. If God be for us, nobody can do what? Against us. Praise the Lord. I want to tell you that you cannot live an anyhow life and expect God to walk, or for you to walk in victory. So you cannot live an anyhow life as a believer. There are pressures. There are things, even for those of us, the young people that are in the school of learning. When you are in school, your parents are not there, and friends will come. They want to lure you to do things that are not of God's standard, things that are not holy. And you'll be like, what do I do? You cannot compromise your standard. You cannot live an anyhow life. For a married person, for the fact that you are not located where your spouse is located and you feel, oh, nobody sees me. God sees you. God sees you. You cannot want to live an extraordinary life and you are doing anyhow. You must not compromise your standard. Praise the Lord. Another principle I want to share with us this morning is prayer. Prayer. That is number two. 
Why do I say prayer? How do we pray? For some of us today, we call ourselves believers. But when we pray, when we communicate to God, all what we do is what? We ask God for things that are just for us alone. God bless me. God promotes me. God, I need to be mobile. God, I need to get a piece of land. God, I need a better job. God, bless my children. That is how we pray. But that is not how God wants us to pray as a believer. And I will take us to the book of the Lord. Can we open our Bible to the book of 1 Timothy 2? 1 Timothy 2. So we are still looking at finding sacred in the secular. 1 Timothy 2, verse 1 to 4. So the Bible says, I exhort you therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercession, giving of thanks, be made for all words, for all men. If you check some other translations, it said, be made on behalf. Let's move on. For kings and all that are in authority, that we may live a quiet world and peaceful life. In all words, godliness and honesty. Church, if you want to live a peaceful life, if you want to live a life full of joy, full of God's blessing, remember to intercede for others. That is what the Bible says, not me. Remember to pray for other people. Remember to pray for your land. Enough of selfish, enough of me, me. And I'll take us to the book of Matthew chapter 6, verse 8 to 14, quickly. Matthew 6, I'm trying to be mindful of my time. Matthew 6, we look at 8. But not ye therefore like unto them. So God is teaching us how to pray. For your father knoweth what things ye have need of. So that settles the aspect of actually praying a selfish prayer. God knows what you need. You don't need to start asking God. Give me what I will eat. Give me what I will wear. Praise the Lord. So the first part settles that. Before you have him, God knows all that you need. Let's move. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Can we take it together? There will be done on earth. Multimedia. Thy kingdom come. There will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thy is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. That is how our Heavenly Father wants us to pray. If you look at that, the Lord's prayer, the Lord did not start with, Oh, I need clothes. Praise the Lord. God wants us to ask for a nation. We'll be wondering, is that correct? Yes. Let's go to Psalm 2.8 so that we can establish that. God wants us to ask for a nation. When you are praying, tell God, that country that they are experiencing insecurity, God, let your peace reign in the land. God said, ask of me and I shall do what? I shall give thee thy inheritance, and the uttermost word, part of the heart, for thy possession. 
Hallelujah. We can write down 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. The Bible says that we should do what? We should pray without ceasing. I think it is right for me to say at this point that the Lord will give us an unusual grace to drop everything in the realm of the flesh that is pulling us back from operating in the realm of the spirit in the name of Jesus. Another principle I want to share with us this morning is the word of God. The word of God. And brethren, I want to tell you, there are people that are addicted to different things in this time and age. Some people are addicted to alcohol. Some people are addicted to hard drugs. But as a child of God, there is one thing that we can only be addicted to. What is that? The word of God. That is the only thing we can be. There cannot be too much of the word of God. Read the word of God in the morning, in the afternoon, in the night. The more you have the word of God, the more you are able to succumb and face challenges that comes your way. Praise the Lord. This is the only thing we are allowed to. Because you cannot separate the word of God from God. You can write it down. John 1, verse 1 to 5. The book of John, chapter 1, verse 1 to 5. You can also write down the book of Joshua, chapter 1, verse 8. The book of Joshua chapter 1 verse 6 says that the book of the law shall not what depart out of thy mouth, but ye shall meditate in day and night. We can write Colossians 3.16. The book of Colossians 3.16. And also 2 Timothy 2.16. How many principles have we looked at this morning? Three, the first one, second one, third one. So we are moving to number four. Number four is the gift and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. The gift and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Let's turn our Bibles to the book of Acts chapter 1 verse 8. The gift and fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Acts 1 8. The book of Acts 1 says, says, But ye shall do what? Receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ye shall be witness unto me in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the world of the earth. Finding the sacred in circular. Praise the Lord. Living an extraordinary life. You cannot do without having fellowship with the Holy Spirit. When you have a fellow, when you cultivate the relationship with the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit gives direction. Praise the Lord. When you are looking for direction, Holy Spirit gives what? Direction. Holy Spirit teaches, gives you wisdom. Holy Spirit comforts you. Holy Spirit is the best friend that you can have. Holy Spirit always wants to be there with you. If you make Holy Spirit your best friend, for every decision that you want to take, you are saying, Holy Spirit, what should be the next thing? That is how the Spirit of God wants to operate. Holy Spirit gives us sense of purpose. And if you look at the life of Jesus, Jesus was conceived by what? By what? By Holy Spirit. He was baptized by who? By who? John, your throat, the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. 
and he was anointed by the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. And Jesus Christ also walked what? He prayed in the language of the Spirit. So Holy Spirit is our best friend as a believer. To live an extraordinary life, we need to have that relationship with the Holy Spirit. The next principle is the principle of what? Soul winning. Hallelujah. God wants us to continue to depopulate the kingdom of the darkness. He wants us to influence our world as a believer. You can ask yourself, when was the last time that you opened your mouth to tell someone that Jesus loves you? That is the extraordinary life that God wants us to live. God wants us to be what? A soul winner. Can we quickly see what is written in Proverbs 11.30? Proverbs 11.30. The Bible says, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth soul is what? Is wise. So if you are not winning soul, I won't say that, because I know we all make up, but even if you have not been winning souls, as from today, you start winning souls in Jesus' name. So if you have not been sharing the gospel, the Lord will give you the grace to be able to open your mouth and propagate the gospel in the name of Jesus. Let's write down Ezekiel 22:30. God does not desire or take pleasure in seeing a wicked man die. For as many that are yet to know Christ, God wants us to be the vessel. God wants us to be the instrument in his vineyard to propagate his gospel. Ezekiel 33, 11. Let's put it down. God is looking for a man and his eyes is running to and fro, looking for a man that will worship him in spirit and in truth. God is looking for a man that will influence his word. God has placed you wherever you are. God has placed you in that neighborhood that you are to be his ambassador. God has placed you in your office to be his own representative. Are you doing the will of God where you are? Are you showing others the light that you carry? The Holy Spirit has empowered you. Are you actually doing God's will? Can God say, oh, I am delighted in you. What are those things that you are doing that are not of spiritual benefit to the kingdom of God? Nobody is perfect. You need the grace of God. I need the grace of God. There are things in my life that I want God to help me with. There are those things in your life that you should ask God to help you with so that you can live an extraordinary life. Another key point is obedience to God's instruction. Obedience to God's instruction. Proverbs 4, 20 to 22. Proverbs 4, 20 to 22. For some people, they are not ready to obey God's word. So even if God sends, God drops his word in their heart, they will say, no, that can't be, that can't be from God. And even if God sends human being physically to say, the way you are treading, you need to take it. You need to be careful. They will still want to. So you need to obey. In all this, there's a place for obedience. 
you need to be ready to obey the word of God. I mentioned earlier, I think it is in this time and age that we even have the availability, abundance of the word of God. For some of us, we have the word of God downloaded on our devices. Some don't even remember this Bible. But you know one advantage about this Bible? You don't need internet connectivity to access the Bible. How many people have their physical Bible? Can you just signify it? Let me see. Bible. If you have your Bible, just raise it up. Because I know we are in the 21st century. If you have your Bible, no, please, raise it up very well. This is mine. I'm not comfortable coming to the church of God without carrying this. But I know I have my Bible on my phone. But my phone can misbehave. Anything can happen. There can be destruction to internet connectivity. But this one is ever reliable. So if you don't have this, please go and get it. And I know there are some people, they have Bible in their house. So it's just that they don't bring it to church. But this is ever, you don't need to charge it. Just open it. You can read the word of God. And you are good to go. The word of God is key in the life of a believer. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I don't want to, Pastor Amma said something last week. That don't let me preach every so that other people coming on board. They can come and actually, yes. Hallelujah. So can we take the principles that we have shared this morning, can we take it again? The first one. Sean, the second, third, the fourth, the fifth. Okay, praise the Lord. And I mentioned obedience to God's instruction. Can we rise on our feet this morning? Thank you for listening to the CGMI Living Springs Godful Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at CGMI underscore L Springs.